So, you know, my workout switched from, okay, what can burn the most calories to like, oh, I'm going to like walk on the treadmill with weight in my backpack. I'm going to climb. I'm going to, you know, work out my triceps to counter the, all the bicep work I'm doing when I'm climbing. Just everything switched kind of a mindset from, I do this because it's what society says we should to this is for me and my body and my joy. And that was like a whole new world. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing in the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your host coming to you from the Lance Chuck Camper Mobile Podcast Studio. Master Captain Angie Scott. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Woman Angler and Adventurer podcast. I have another special guest on with me this week. I'd, uh, I'm excited to introduce you to Lauren Loria. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we just kind of knew about or found out about each other through the recent Outdoor Media Summit which took place in North Lake Tahoe and tried to get together during the summit, but they, uh, they kind of cram packed the schedule into a very short, you know, <laughs> couple of days. And so we just didn't have time to do it, but uh, I'm like, Hey, you know, phone works too. So uh, excited to talk to you this morning. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So what, what did you think about the, the outdoor media summit? Was that your first time? Yeah, it was my first time attending the Outdoor Media Summit, and I had a great time and learned a ton. Um, I really like how the conference keeps it to like the 150, I think, 150 to 200 people that were there, mm-hmm. because sometimes conferences that are like a couple thousand people can feel like network, I call it networking speed dating, um, <laughs> where you just like say hi, say your name, say what you do, talk for like a minute, hand your business card and walk away. But since it's a smaller conference, you can um, really get to know the people because you see the same people in the sessions and at meals and everything else. So you can definitely make better connections than I think than that quick yeah. hand a business card and run away kind of thing. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't really thought about that, but that is that is a great uh, aspect of the Outdoor Media Summit is the size. Um, because, oh, first of all, for me, like I'm – I don't really network in that space a whole lot because I'm, most of my stuff it tends to be like fishing focused or um, regional even. And so to go yeah. to go out west and meet people that are into camping, hiking, you know, kind of outside of my normal space um, to be able to get to actually know these people and spend some time and see the same people and, you know, maybe even be paired up with them on your team for the, we always do a scavenger hunt toward the end of the conference and where you work together as a team. And so some, you know, I knew a couple of the people on my team already just from, you know, meeting them at, at lunches and things like that. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. It was really nice to make, more authentic connections rather than two second business connections. Absolutely. Had you been to uh, North Lake Tahoe before? Um, I had, but like a long time ago, I skied there when I was at like heavenly and North star when I was like 14. Um, so that's obviously that's a very different vibe, very different trip than mm-hmm. a conference and networking and everything. But I actually was really 
surprise, um, one of the reasons my husband and I, we go skiing every winter. And one of the reasons we really liked going to uh, Park City in Utah versus like Colorado, not that I don't love those resorts, but from Denver International Airport, um, for context, I'm from Michigan, from Denver International Airport to the ski hills are like a two hour plus hour drive, where in Park City, it's like 45 minutes. And I didn't realize how close Lake Tahoe was to the Reno airport. And I'm like, oh, we need to come here next time to mix it up and not have to. Anyone who has spent time around Colorado knows I-70 can be something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a great area. You know, like 45 minute shot from Reno to where we were. And uh, one thing, though, I'm I'm not like super accustomed to mountains. Um, so I'm more, uh, I'm more yeah. of a beach person, <laughs> um, in warm weather. And so, uh, that going up that summit was a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, hairy, I guess you could say, but then on the way home, they had a snowstorm coming in. And so I was like, I ain't doing that in a snowstorm. First of all, I've got a, a <laughs> rental car. It was like a Chrysler 300. It's not built for that type of thing. And uh, so I ended up changing my travel plans, unfortunately, and, and headed out a little early to get ahead of the storm. But looking back now, I'm glad I did because I saw online that they actually like shut down the road if you didn't have snow tires and chains or or chains. Yeah, and actually, that's what happened to me is that I was taking this, the conference shuttle and the original shuttles they had were just like the white 12 passenger vans. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to leave out at like five o'clock. I think my flight wasn't actually till the day after the conference. So mm -hmm. I wasn't super worried, but they were like, Hey, our shuttle didn't have snow tires. We have to hire another one, which I was super thankful for. Like they took care of us, which was great. Yeah. Um, but they, I was like, Oh yeah, right. Cause I'm so used to snow in Michigan and like flatland. So mm -hmm. like, as long as you drive careful, unless there's like a foot or two of snow, you're okay. I'm like, oh yeah, snow and mountains. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to combination is really Yeah, you don't want to be going down a hill around a, a switch back and uh get you know, start sliding. That would be that would be uh pretty Oof, yeah. freaky. <laughs> um exactly. so yeah, I'm I'm really glad that they made those arrangements for you guys because I was actually kind of stressing for them. I'm like, how are they gonna get all these people to the airport if the weather ends up doing what they were predicting it was going to do. And so I, I didn't know that they had connections for alternate shuttles, which, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I think it, it was a little bit of a scramble on their end and we drove real slow and let's put it this way. I tipped the chauffeur. Well, <laughs> <laughs> did you, they were calling for like 70, hundred mile an hour wind gusts in certain areas. Did you feel a lot of wind when you were heading out? It was fairly windy, but I don't think it was quite that bad. I mean, when we were the last day, I actually stood out on the beach for a minute and I was like, whew, that was, that was a lot. And I was like, the lake is angry today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were calling for five foot waves on Lake Tahoe too that day. I don't know if it got that high, but. Yeah. There were a couple of windsurfers out that we saw, which was oh, wow. kind of cool. I'm like, you guys look like you're freezing, <laughs> yeah. but like, I'm glad you're having fun. <laughs> Yeah, so great summit. Um, did you? What was like one of your biggest takeaways? Do you have any anything that you um, that really impacted you? I guess it was really nice. This might sound kind of silly, but it was really nice to know that like everyone, like brands who run their social media, influencers who run social media, are also kind of shooting at the hip to what the algorithm wants. Like mm -hmm. sometimes 
especially as a company of one person, it's like, oh, am I just like missing what Instagram or TikTok or whatever wants? Or is it just like the algorithms change all the time and nobody really knows? And it was nice to figure out, yeah, it's the second one. Everyone, unless you like work for the company and make the algorithms, Mm. like kind of know what's going on because like Instagram makes announcements, for example, but we're all just figuring it out. And essentially it's like, do what works. And if it doesn't work, change it up. And it was really nice to hear too, that a lot of things, especially on like TikTok, authenticity is a big Mm -hmm. thing. Like show yourself. Like I am, for example, my page, I'm a company, but I'm a company of one. So my company is just basically me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, show yourself, talk about yourself. Like people want to work with a person and not with a, you know, like a faceless company, mm-hmm. like tell us about you. Interesting. Well, that, yeah. So, and, and just so people know, like there's a lot of sessions that go on throughout the day at the summit with different speakers, or sometimes it's multiple speakers in on a certain topic and some of the sessions occur at the same time so you kind of have to pick and choose which one you want to go to luckily they record everything and so i haven't seen a link yet but for the attendees we'll be able to go on and watch some of the sessions that we weren't able to attend in person which is great um so i didn't get to see some of the stuff that you're talking about but i'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because it makes makes me feel better as well because, you know, you hear these experts <laughs> talk and you're like, you know, they kind of sound like they know what's going on. But I think everybody's just kind of guessing. And um, and also interesting point about the the brand versus being personal, because my podcast, The Woman Angler and Adventure, I have the Instagram page or account and then I've got my I, I kind of filter everything to my personal profile page on Facebook instead of the business page, just because I, it, the mm-hmm. business page just kind of drives me insane. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but on Instagram, um, my account is just called the woman angler and adventure. And then I've got the podcast logo. So it kind of makes me wonder, maybe I should change it since it's just me. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? Um, so personally, um, since my business is me, like my Lauren, like my Instagram handle is Lauren Loria creative. And I just have my picture on there. Now it's like a fun picture. Like it's me, like on the beach with this like fun flower crown that my a photo shoot, my friend and I did. Um, so I kind of keeping that authenticity across the board. Like there's a, there's a place for business headshots and that's LinkedIn. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, so, social media is more personal, more fun. I mean, I try to portray that as, me who who I am as a person across uh, social media platforms, even like LinkedIn, because mm-hmm. I'm not a very formal person. I mean, you know, I'm not Dorsey. I want to get to know you. You know, this is not just purely transactional of like, I do this thing for you and you give me money. It's uh, I want to get to know you, your business, your needs, who you are as a person, all that kind of stuff. So I really like to try to portray that within my media as well. Yeah, gotcha. Well, I love that. And, and just so everybody knows, so you you offer social media services to people um, and people listening can relate, I'm sure, to the fact that, you know, most of us are outdoors and everything is so social media based. If you're trying to get sponsors to sponsor you, you know, if you tournament fish like I do or you have some other kind of brand, um, maybe a side hustle that you do uh, in the outdoors um, anything like that, you need to have a presence on social media 
And we're also strapped for time that social media takes up a lot of time. And so you, <laughs> you offer services to where you can kind of, people can outsource that piece of it, right? Exactly. Yeah. My biggest goal really is so kind of for my background context, um, I have a degree in photography and advertising and PR. And I knew that I saw this whole kind of in the outdoor industry of small businesses, whether it's products or services or whoever that are, you know, running on teams of one to three people. And they're like, I should be doing social media. I know I should be doing it more. I know I should be doing it better, but I just don't have the time or the brain space. And I'm like, that's fine. You know, everyone, social media itself, it's a full-time like brain space gig, like figuring out what works, what doesn't. Um, so folks, you know, they don't have time for that. They're busy sourcing products, testing materials, trying to get their product in stores, you know, selling their services, all these things. And I'm like, just let me take that small business hat from you. Cause as small business owners, you know, we wear all the hats, accountant, marketer, material sourcer, like all those things. And it's like, we can only all do so much. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm looking at your, your website right now. You've got uh, several different packages just kind of based on what people's needs are. Um, so it's laurenloria.com if, if anybody listening wants to check that out and see if this is something that uh, that might be a benefit for you. I know uh, one of my big goals this year is to really grow my, my following on Instagram specifically. So... Um, you know, that that could definitely be a service that that would be helpful because I've kind of just maintained, I guess you could say, and slowly growing, mm -hmm. but I haven't really made that push to like, you know, how do I actually get more followers and, and things like that and get the word out. I've got my regular listeners to the podcast and I'm so thankful for everybody that tunes in every week. Um, but, you know, the growth has just kind of stayed the same. So um, sometimes it takes, you know, bringing in somebody else who has that expertise to, to make that leap. So, yeah. And a lot of social media too is a lot of times folks will just like post their product, which is great. Obviously you need your audience to know about your product, but it's really creating a audience and a community around your brand too. It's not just being like, yep, I sell this thing. Look at this cool thing, which, you know, that's part of it, of course. But say for example, um, you as a consumer, right, have like commented on a product post that's like, oh, that that's a really cool product. And the plant brand replies to you like, oh, you know, we love that you love it. What do you think your favorite feature is? Like you remember that as an individual mm -hmm. versus like just seeing a post as you're scrolling through Instagram and you're like, oh, that looks neat. Like if you have that personal interaction with your audience, whether it's quote unquote personal as an individual or as a brand's account, that just really connects people to the brand, keeps it at top of mind, as well as you get to know your consumer base more. You know, Instagram can be a great place. Obviously, it's not a scientific or statistical poll, but like you can take a poll, like, you know, comment number one, if you think you'd like to see this product in red, comment number two, if you'd like to see this product in green, you know, it's just like very informal, but just can still pull feedback from your audience without conducting like in a very official survey. So you kind of know what your customer base wants. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And um and I love that you, what you do is kind of in the the outdoor niche. How did you wh why do you have such a passion for the outdoors? Um originally I so I went backpacking for the first time my freshman year of college. I went on a like backpacking retreat 
with the campus ministry at my college and I absolutely loved it. I was like, this is amazing. I'm in the middle of nowhere. My phone is not functioning and I'm on a beautiful beach. And then it kind of like went by the wayside while I got through school and I had rock climbed a little bit in college. There was a tiny free wall at my university. And after college, I was living the freelance life and needed a side job. And I was like, oh, I want to learn more about rock climbing, but don't have the cash to do so at the moment. So I got a job at a Lifetime Fitness's tiny wall to learn more. And from then, I've actually currently working at a larger gym teaching the lead climbing lessons. But I really switched my mindset that way from I work out to burn calories, be thinner, look better, you know, all the things that the world tells us to do, where to I want to work out so that my body can go on the adventures that I want to go on safely, enjoyably. So, you know, my workout switched from, okay, what can burn the most calories to like, oh, I'm going to like walk on the treadmill with weight in my backpack. I'm going to climb. I'm going to, you know, work out my triceps to counter the, all the bicep work I'm doing when I'm climbing. Just everything switch kind of a mindset from I do this because it's what society says we should to this is for me and my body and my joy. And that was like a whole new world. Yeah, absolutely. Working out can sound very mundane and boring and probably why a lot of people don't do it. (laughs) Um, But if you can kind of tie it in with something you're passionate about, um, that kind of changes your outlook about it. And so I, I love that. I've had people on the show. Um, I had the, actually, I just did a revisited episode with uh, a lady who had a company called Huntress Health. And that was kind of her outlook on it is, you know, tailoring your workout to boost your performance in the outdoors. Um, Whether, you know, she's a big bow hunter. So a lot of the things she does in her workouts are centered around being a better bow hunter. Um, and so, yeah, I love that mentality. That's, that's great. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. Cause a lot of times before I was like, Oh, do I just go lift weights and increase the weight forever? Like this sounds very boring. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, it was, like eventually I will not be able to lift any more weights. And like, then what, it was almost like I was work- there wasn't any goal to my workouts other than like, I should do this because it's good for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Well, um, I've really, really enjoyed our conversation this morning. I love what you do and I'm going to share links to your website and your social media account, uh, Instagram, and you're on TikTok too, it looks like. Um, and so people can go check it out. Do you have anything exciting upcoming or any, any outdoor adventures in the near future? Um, so, yeah, I um, typically in the winter, I will go ice climbing. Mm. So ice season is coming up and there'll be all kinds of stuff happening there. So I'm very excited about that. Very cool. Well, talk, talk a little bit about ice climbing. What's, what's that like? I don't know <laughs> anything about it. <laughs> Totally cool. Um, so actually the first time I ever climbed outside was not rock climbing, but ice climbing, which is very rare. Typically you don't graduate to ice for a while. Um, so the upper peninsula of Michigan has the pictured rock national lake shore, which a lot of folks have probably heard of and all the waterfalls there freeze in the winter. So it is very cold. Mm. It's like zero to negative two degrees when you're out there. Um, and I personally only, well, top rope ice climb, it's where the, the rope is attached to an anchor at the top. And then 
I have crampons on my feet. So they're basically like all my limbs get spiky. <laughs> I know that sounds really <laughs> silly, but I call them my spiky limbs. And they kick in onto the ice and then swing your ice axes and climb up. And it's really fun. Um, great way to get outside in the winter. You know, it is a lot more risk assessment involved in comparison to like regular rock climbing because all of your equipment is sharp and it's cold and hypothermia can be mm. a thing and all that kind of stuff. But I really liked Michigan it tends to be cloudy and overcast from about December to March. Yeah. And between skiing on my little local hill and that, it gets me enough outside to save off that seasonal depression. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I'm I'm from Minnesota originally, so I can totally relate to that. <laughs> um, but I love how, you know, people up north just tend to be more outdoorsy a lot of times than people in the south that have better weather. You know, it still gets cold where I'm at in Nashville, but uh, definitely notice a difference in the culture as far as getting outdoors in the winter months. Uh, you know, like people go out and they ice fish and they ski and they snowshoe. And so it's, you know, you almost have to find those activities that you enjoy because it, otherwise it is, a, it's tough. It's a grind in the winter when it's dark, yes. and overcast. And um, I definitely can relate to the seasonal affective disorder, <laughs> which is yeah. why I go to Florida now. <laughs> So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've always kind of said this phrase, there is no bad weather, just bad gear, unless it's pouring rain. Sometimes, no matter how much rain gear you have, if it's absolutely pouring, yeah, there's only so much you can do. But <laughs> And there too. <laughs> yep, and I, I've heard that uh, phrase before as well. And it, there is definitely a degree of truth to that, for sure. Um, so, yeah, if you've got the the right gear, the toe warmers, you know, whatever you need, that makes a huge, huge difference for sure. Yeah. Well, well, and it's actually quite fun in the, in February, there's a, a ice festival up there where a bunch of folks are up there. You know, people bring out little camp stoves to the Craig area and heat up tea. So if you're cold, like you bring your little mug of tea and it's kind of like a little, like a little bit of a party atmosphere of like, yeah, we're all hanging out, you know, oh, are you cold here? I have extra hand warmers. Are you, do you want some tea? You know? Yeah. Brings everybody together. <laughs> You're all dealing with the same thing. Well, well, good luck this winter with all your activities in ice climbing. That sounds very, very adventurous. <laughs> so hats off to you for for doing it. That sounds a uh, sounds like a, a challenge for sure. Um, it def is. <laughs> definitely get your adrenaline going. I'm sure. <laughs> Yes. Very cool. Well, thank you again for taking some time to be on the podcast. And I'll look forward to following you on social media and seeing all your adventures. Thank you so much.